Welcome to the first season of our podcast Marginal Cuts where we discuss debate and decode various dimensions of a topic through the lenses of economics. In the third episode we'll be discussing the global war on drugs how different countries are tackling it and if prohibition is really the answer to the entire drug problem. So drug trade is truly international right now and different countries have different ways to tackle this problem. Opium is harvested in Lebanon heroin manufactured in the south of france and the addict located in new york yes uh, the business of drugs is truly global smuggling of drugs is so lucrative in myanmar laos and cambodia that it is on the sobriquet of golden triangle whereas uh, iran afghanistan and pakistan constitute the golden crescent notorious for its illicit opium production being international is where it all began like in 1974 after portugal's dictator antonio salazar's government was sacked by a military coup portugal saw a drastic shift in literally everything soon cartels from pakistan and afghanistan started injecting cheap heroin into the european market and since portugal was a very important part of the supply chain portugal became became the biggest drug market in the entire europe with every one out of 100 portuguese addicted to heroin by 1990s in fact the rate of hiv infections showed with aids among drug addicts higher than anywhere else in the european union the condition was just very disturbing and i am assuming that to deal with the situation uh, the portuguese government went down the usual route of uh, outlawing the use of drugs followed by punishment and some hefty jail time Yes they did but it didn't work out for them and the fortunes were not in favor of them so thus in 2001 portugal officially decriminalized all drugs and the punishment to being caught with any drug from heroin to marijuana became compulsory rehabilitation no jail time the portuguese government actually acknowledged that drug addiction is not a crime but a health issue and they regulated this problem by running numerous rehabilitation centers and other facilities to help these drug addicts and you know while many people feared that the country would become dependent on drug tourism that didn't happen decriminalizing just worked out wonderfully for them you know the drug users fell significantly and admissions in rehab increased there was also a significant decline in the rates of hiv aids STDs and overdoses. Absolutely, Arsh. The truth of the matter is that arresting and imprisoning people who own illegal drugs always makes the problem worse. And the best example for this would be the case of Philippines. So, in 2016, the Filipinos elected Rodrigo Duterte as their president. And let's just say that his style of uh, handling the war on drugs was rather more like a Hollywood film. <laughs> I agree with you partially you know even I recall listening to a speech by Duterte where he said how his campaign against drugs will not stop till the last drug lord is decapitated like it literally, it literally sounds like a very sophisticated drug war 80s movie That's gruesome the irony here is that the protectors are actually the killers Every night the police go out in the slums and shoot the suspected drug peddlers and imprison the drug users In fact, the UN released a report which highlighted that from 2016 to 
uh, around 8000 to 25000 drug related deaths occurred in the philippines alone uh, like it's like they they've got a license to kill i guess they have taken a license like that and you know even the conditions of the prisons are no good in there manila's quezon city jail was rammed up with drug offenders and had over 3500 inmates packed into a space built just for people 800 people and this is an absolute violation of human rights but i have read that people actually like president duterte's strongman style and he's quite popular among people of the country yeah but just because it's popular doesn't mean it is correct right the worst part is that the outcome of this bloodbath is not in the favor of the government motives uh, actually the supply of the drugs is still rampant and number of drug addicts has shockingly increased people are still consuming drugs under the fear of death it's as if uh, it's making the filipinos immortal truth be said having anything illegal actually makes the problem worse by creating a black market for that particular product yeah, yes absolutely in fact uh, the economic theory of iron law of prohibition by richard cohen states that as enforcement becomes more intense the potency of prohibited substances increases to put it more simply the harder the enforcement the harder the drug and this is exactly what happened uh, when us prohibited alcohol back in the 1920s oh uh, second what didn't the quantity of alcohol consumption fall during the ban harsh it did fall but only for a short duration consumption of alcohol not only rose steadily after that initial drop the most appalling consequence was that prohibition also led many people to drink stronger forms of alcohol such as medicinal alcohol which was 95% pure alcohol and to make it worse consumers switched to narcotics and tobacco even cocaine which are potentially more dangerous and addictive than alcohol itself and i'm guessing that this probably gave birth to even more violence and corruption exactly prohibition itself became a major source of corruption and though minor crimes had decreased but that was only because the serious crimes had increased and not only the number of serious crimes did increase crimes became more organized in the form of mafia or street gangs which by the way is a criminal element that first surfaced during prohibition basically america made a striking resemblance to a tarantino film during that time honestly when something is illegal the demand doesn't go down but rather the price goes up and the market is flooded with people making a living by means that could have repercussions thus creating a system of violent enforcement of capitalism outlaw gangs take over operations and use horrific violence to sustain control uh, this is what is happening in places like mexico or the wild west not only this prohibition of product always removes a significant source of tax revenues and shoots up government spendings and now the product will be adulterated with unknown and dangerous substances and will not be produced and consumed under normal market constraints and that's why we hear people are dying from poisoned liquor or overdosing on a bad batch of heroin the thing is that when drugs or alcohol is prohibited uh, they will be produced in black markets in more concentrated in powerful forms 
because these are more potent forms and offer better efficiency in the business model uh, they take up less space in storage they take up less weight in transportation and they also sell for more money exactly this is exactly what happened with na- with the narcotic trade in the late 20th century bulky opium was illegal so refined heroin became more prevalent with significant risk from blood bond disease because of injection by needle and far greater risk of death from overdose marijuana was also found too bulky to smuggle around the borders so smugglers turned to refined cocaine with its much higher potency and profit per pound not only this uh, stuff like crack cocaine and walter white's infamous crystal meth are entirely a product of prohibition of drugs and decriminalization works but only few countries like portugal and netherlands are taking this bold step perhaps because of the social stigma that people get addicted and then develop a problem which burdens the rest of the society but if you ask me that same argument can be made about say gambling or consumerism or any other form of lifestyle you know even we can't ignore psychedelics and how it will be a game changer in the area of mental health a proactive psychedelic drug like psilocybin changes neurological pattern which leads to change in the mood and perception of uh, of an individual a bit like magic mushrooms perhaps <laughs> yes varshid and you know even research shows that right use of psychedelics can help in curing mental health related diseases like depression anxiety attacks stress and also and it also can help in help addicts to get rid of their drug addiction but due to their hallucinating properties governments have banned the use of drugs but decriminalizing them can open a whole new field in the area of healthcare like it's a billion dollar industry which is totally untapped right now you know harsh that basically the entire problem since drugs are illegal people don't want to seek help and it's such an irony that we applaud people who want to quit smoking and have all sorts of books and medicines available for them and drug addicts at the same time are seen as criminals i think what we need as a society is to change the attitude so that people see drug addicts as people with just a health issue rather than as criminals decriminalizing drugs would make victims more able to seek help without worrying about you know being locked up for what they use so it's basically a vicious cycle there is so much crime and violence because of drugs like meth and crack kids get into drugs which gets them into crime which leads them to jail where they learn to tangle with more serious criminals so yeah even putting them in jails just hampers their ability to become a functioning member of the society these people are sidelined in our society along with murderers and rapists but their only crime was that they were addicted to a substance which they could have recovered from only if they were sent to a rehab rather than a jail yeah that, that's true but i think some countries around the world have actually decriminalized cannabis do you guys think that it is uh, still a far fetched dream for india though well after a year of listening to the indian media howling and exaggerating about drug usage in bollywood I think it is safe to say that it is indeed a pipe dream. Indians for 1000 years enjoyed religious and cultural sanctions on the use of cannabis. India actually opposed 
the classification of cannabis alongside hard drugs back in 1961 but the dynamics of the cold war and american pressure uh, forced india to back off you know exactly india criminalized the use of fruit and flower of cannabis but excluded the leaves since it had a deep connections with the hindu religion and lord shiva this is the reason why ganja also known as marijuana and charas known as hashish are illegal while cannabis in the form of bhang is legal in india and even uh, speaking about cannabis geographically if we see the plant grows really well in you know areas like uttarakhand and himachal pradesh so at this point i just feel that india is losing on a vast market of cannabis related products like timber textile and medication which can actually help certain sectors of the economy to grow of course and you know not only this but also it is estimated that around 725 crore could be raised from delhi alone if cannabis are taxed like just think about the whole india well just like always the americans have taken the leap forward and have already legalized cannabis in a lot of american states but in india only a few politicians like shashi tharoor and meenka gandhi have advocated and been vocal about legalizing marijuana but like while we're talking about legalization in united states it comes with its own set of challenges comedian hasan minaj in his show Pat- uh, patriot act explains how the marijuana industry which is now legal in one form or another in more than 30 states in us is completely rigged and that legalization mostly favors large corporates which is of course owned by owned and operated by white men and lacks representation of people of color in the ownership of cannabis business who were actually most affected because of the drug war well that's good old capitalism for you all things considered i think the entire war on drugs legalization has taken an ugly shape in the form of drug cartels and it will particularly be difficult for any country to win this war because first they have to win it on moral and ethical grounds and then on political but yes uh, we must try to learn from the past and at least decriminalize drugs so that people who are in need of help can seek help um that brings us to the end of today's episode for people interested to read more on this topic we highly recommend the book chasing the scream by johan hari to understand the drug war and the economic and political forces behind this podcast was co-hosted by harsh parshad and me shagun students of the economics association of narsimunji college of commerce and economics mumbai to know more about the association visit our website www.nmeconomicsassociation.in thank you for listening